Welcome to Lifting Leaders Podcast, where we are unleashing leader possibilities to make a better world. I'm Crystal Roberts, and together with Trisha Rhine, we're diving deeper into some of the complexities of the world's most critical challenges and exploring innovative ways of navigating through them. Through interviews with experts and leaders just like you, we're exploring what it takes to thrive as a leader today and examining new ways of thinking about how to creatively lead into a more equitable, socially responsible, and sustainable future. And the future starts now. Hi, Trisha. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Crystal, how about yourself? I'm doing great. The weather is so sunny out there. It's sunny, but it's freezing. It's I really was just cold. out there and it is so cold. <laughs> I'm ready for spring though, even though mm-hmm. we had snow here. Um, I'm really excited because we have a special guest today mm-hmm. and her name is Victoria Campbell. She is going to share with us an innovative new musical that she's written called Treason. Mm-hmm. And it's an eco-musical, which is part of the reason why we wanted to talk about this today. So we'll hear a little bit about her story. We'll hear about the eco-musical. And I also, one of the really interesting things about Victoria's story is that she has shifted careers, sort of midstream. And maybe that's a big word, shifted. But it sure feels like it shifted to me. So we'll, we'll hear more about that. And I knew Victoria when she was an intern oh, at the Port of Seattle. Really? Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> and I was trying to remember, you were, I know you supported me in organizational development, but you also, were you in communications? No. So I was reporting to Gary Buchanan, who used to work at the ports. Yeah. And I was like the HR intern, but as the HR intern, I, my job was to run the internship program. Oh, <laughs> yes, <so>. yes, right. <laughs> wow. That's yeah, how I started so. my job at Port 2, <laughs> running the in- <laughs> an intern, running the intern program. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I know you did some great work for me, and that's where we got to know each other a little bit. And the funny thing was, is uh, you know, it's been a number of years, and Victoria's name popped up in my LinkedIn about some oh. cool stuff she was doing. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> she is writing music now. So from OD to Broadway, I mean, it's pretty exciting <laughs> stuff. It is. And That's so sort of I thought, evolutionary, we've got to tell this story. Yeah, it's evolutionary. Yeah, I it's, think not, it's, it's not shifting. You evolved, I think. <laughs> And also, Victoria is one of the most brilliant people that I know. Mm-hmm. And so I was really excited to see that she's using her talents in a whole new way. So love that. So thank you for being here, Victoria. And I want to share just a few more things about her before we dive in. Please. She is actually Dr. Victoria Campbell. And she's a singer, songwriter, composer, lyricist, playwright, and industrial organizational psychologist. Mm. All that in one sentence. (laughs) (laughs) She grew up in Seattle, moved to Switzerland in 2019, then moved to New York City in 2022 to join the acclaimed BMI Lehman Engel Musical Theater Composer Lyricist Workshop. Wow. Her theatrical works include the musicals Treason, an eco-musical, and black and or white, and a new play called Which Twin Wins. Her songs (laughs) have been performed at venues, including 54 Below and the Green Room 42 in New York and the Union Theater in London. Mm. She writes music in a variety of genres, including musical theater, folk, pop rock, new jazz, melodic, metal, and Nordic EDM. That is a wide range. <laughs> wow, I no love kidding. that. I was thinking we should, we should, you should share with us your Spotify uh, playlist. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> when not writing music, she provides custom human resources and organizational development solutions for business clients, which she has been doing for over fifteen years. Whether consulting with clients or making art, her mission is to uplift and empower marginalized communities by inspiring humanity toward collective action to help transform our society to have greater belonging, equity, and inclusion. You can find out more about her main musical, Treason, and eco-musical at www.treasonmusical.com and follow her journey on social media 
at G Victoria Campbell. And we'll put links mm-hmm. on our show notes there as well. And you can also listen to her songs on any digital platform under her artist name, G Victoria Campbell. And we are going to get a treat also at the end of this podcast. So you got to hang in there, listeners. At the end, we will get to hear one of the songs from Treason. I hope it's the one that I heard this morning. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. So um, welcome, Victoria. So happy to have you here today. Thank it you is so much for having me. My pleasure. It's wonderful having you here. It's really interesting that your background and it, it meshes with our background, but your your focus is really so similar to ours as well. And it's just, I think it's going to be fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. Welcome. You know, and one thing that I completely missed and didn't even realize till we were just having our chat before was I f- always forget about your background in music too. So you guys have that in common. <laughs> yes, yeah. and you can see what I'm doing right now, right? <laughs> and you have, I love it. You had sort of famous musical people I do. in your family line. Yeah. yeah. My, so, my granddad, yeah. Pretty exciting. Yeah. So, so yeah. great. Well, I want to hear more about that later offline. <laughs> offline. <laughs> yeah. So let's just dive in. So, mm-hmm. and we always start with this question. Uh, tell us your story. Uh, my story is interesting because I feel like it's unfolded in the most unimaginable ways. And I, I feel like I'm still watching it play out like this coming of age suspense drama, like what's going to happen next? <laughs> uh, it's The rest is still unwritten. And so where to begin? Um, I grew up in Tacoma, Washington, about an hour south of Seattle, and I'm a twin. And I start with this because I think being raised as a twin has really shaped my personality. It's made me super competitive and driven and also made me hyper-concerned with this idea of fairness and equality. Mm -hmm. I was raised to always compare myself to her and to everyone else around me. Um, Her name is Stephanie. So if Stephanie got straight A's, you better believe I better get straight A's. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'll hear about it later from my mama. My mom is amazing. She came to America in the 80s from Indonesia. So I'm first generation American on her side of the family. Mm -hmm. And long story short, uh, certain curveballs that were thrown her way, including an emotionally abusive ex-husband who didn't want my twin or me to be born, resulted in her for a moment in time being a single mother in a foreign country raising two babies at the same time with Mm. barely a grasp of the English language. Um, And, but she's come a long way since then. Um, She eventually remarried a wonderful man who I consider the only father figure I've ever known. And I share all this about my mom because she experienced a lot of hardship and discrimination as a single Asian immigrant woman with an accent. Mm -hmm. And I witnessed firsthand the drive and the assertiveness that was necessary for her to achieve what she believed was equity and justice. Um, I remember countless times hearing her on the phone arguing over a bill or a slight or some like wrong that she wanted righted. And she would tell me, Vicki, it's the principle. If I don't speak up and insist on justice, others will be taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And that lesson really it really stuck with me. Yeah. And it's it's a phrase I use a lot. It's the principle. It's the principle. My husband hates to hear it. <laughs> but I'm like, it's it's the principle. And and you know, it really is. Um, so I'm very much interested in in matters of fairness, equality, and justice, whether as a young child believing that my twin had a bigger piece of cake, or you know, as a graduate student working in my dissertation where I studied the gender wage gap. Mm. Um in corporate America doing diversity and inclusion work or, or now in my art um, as an activist artist. Um, my story has always been and will continue to be about themes of social justice, equity, and community. Wow. That sounds that. like your red thread, right? It goes from the beginning <laughs> to now. And I love that because it's yeah. it's really guided the direction you took in your career. It's awesome. Yeah. And such courage. Or that story about your mom, yes. the courage that she had to stand up for what she felt was really important. And and then, of course, that theme that you've been able to watch her. It's such a great role model mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. And I think about that also in terms of leadership. 
right? We talk a lot about that, that how you show up every day and how you walk the talk, it's just so much more important than what you say. It's like what you do every day. It's the impact yeah. you have on other people. It's the point of reference you provide for those around you. I think it's very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we're really excited about your latest project, Treesun. And I want to know if you can tell us, our audience, us and our audience, mm-hmm. um, a little bit about what this is and what impact you're hoping that it's going to bring. Yeah, so treason spelt uh, T-R-E-E-S-O-N. It's a pun on the the English word treason, T-R-E-A-O-S-O-N. Yeah. Um, it's basically about betrayal uh, of the planet. And treason is a musical theater project that I started during early COVID days. Um, so maybe I'll start by sharing a quick synopsis of like what the plot is about. So the synopsis of treason. When offered the helm to her family's logging empire, Ash, loyal daughter turned budding eco-activist, faces a crisis of conscience and is paralyzed by the different paths before her. Is there a right and wrong path? Or can she carve a new path of her own but somewhere in the middle without betraying her family's legacy? Treason is a call to action for everyone to listen, reflect, and answer the question, what will you do with the one life you got? Ash's journey unfolds via a soaring soundtrack blending indigenous, Western, and folk music, resulting in an Americana story which demonstrates how we each have the power to act to save the world. The question is, will you play your part before it's too late? Mm, wow. <clears throat> yes. You know, and, <laughs> and you know, it's, it has been timely. We, had a, we recently had another person we were interviewing about, about you know, the planet, basically, a lot of things that are going on. And, and I just think this is the time, you know, there's so many things that you're talking about, and that you stand for that right now is the time for it to be brought to light. It's been time for so long, but, but I think people are ready to hear the message now, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I listened to that to that interview with uh, Je- Jeff. McCullough. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was great. It's definitely a theme. I think that's resonating with a lot of people, um, a lot of generations. Um, and it's, it's mm-hmm. now or never. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So what inspired you to write treason? <laughs> this is such a hard question. And I'm always asked this. Um, and I always hesitate to answer it. Honestly, please answer it. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> so I, I wish I could say that it was like super intentional and, and purposeful, but it really was kind of a happy accident and kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. Um, basically, I started writing it at the start of COVID. Um, I was journaling a lot, expressing my feelings about what was going on in the world, something that I used to never do. I used to not be a believer in the power of journaling, but I did it. And those journal entries turned into poems, which turned mm-hmm. into lyrics which evolved into music. And I realized, wait a minute, I have something bigger here. And so I think it really was a perfect storm of having time to reflect and living abroad in Europe during the pandemic and being homesick for Mm. the Pacific Northwest where my show is set. And most importantly, like finally coming to grips with my own guilt about climate change and wanting to do something to inspire others to act. Yeah, I love that. I think it's such a great example of how sometimes we don't even know where we're going with something. Like oftentimes mm-hmm. we do ask, like, what's the outcome? What are you hoping to achieve? And we don't always have to have the answer to that. But mm-hmm. to follow sort of your internal instinct, your sort of intuition about, hey, this there's something here and I want to follow that. I think we call that passion. That would be more passion. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. But I'm I'm also seeing another side of that coin and I'm thinking, you know, that was that was your methodology for getting to that or that's how you got there. But the message that's in it, that message that you're trying to get to, that whole point you're trying to get to, really does have a plan, really does have um, 
you know, you do have an outcome that you want to achieve at the end of that. So I think it's mm-hmm. sort of a little bit of both, yeah. right? You, it may not have been the, the process for getting there, but it certainly was a part of the product, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more about the process for actually bringing this musical together that you used? And you mentioned something about that this was something that you did during COVID and that you engaged some other singers. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So the the tricky thing about writing a musical is that it can happen in a few different ways. And traditionally, you know, you do the script, you you try it out on various small stages. And then, you know, once it gets to Broadway, then you might invest in producing like a cast album, a recording of all the songs. But because I, I'm new to the industry, I had no idea what I was doing and Broadway was closed and I didn't even have the script fully done yet. I, I mainly had the songs done. I thought one good way to get exposure for my musical is to self-produce a demo album, a, a concept album. I called it like an original cast recording. And so um, what that took was basically a lot of project management. Um, I made a spreadsheet. I was like, what's the end goal? <laughs> it is an album. Okay, what do I have to do? Well, I need to have singers help me sing my songs. I need to hire an orchestrator to help me add some instruments. I need to find out how they can record these songs remotely in a pandemic from their own houses. And so basically it started with like, I hired an arranger. His name is Joseph Perdue. He's a fabulous composer based in London. And we collaborated on figuring out what the orchestrations should sound like. You know, I was like, oh, I want an indigenous drum here. I want um, a flute here. I want these violins. And we created backing tracks. And I demoed a couple of them to start because I didn't know any singers. And then once I got those demos recorded, I was able to share them with other people who then communicated interest in helping me record my demos. And so I put up ads on Facebook, on Instagram, basically just saying, hey, I'm writing an environmentally conscious climate change musical. Anybody care about the earth and want to help me? (laughs) Yeah. And um, yeah, so I had a bunch of people send me their videos and their auditions. And I figured out what voices fit the characters the best that I wanted for different characters. And I gave them instructions on how to record from their closets. You know, I was like, put a bunch of blankets on the floor. Do you have a good microphone? Do you have headphones? Listen to these backing tracks. Here's a sample of me singing it really poorly. I'm sure you can do better. Like, <laughs> so um, just all from different countries. I mean, there were 16 singers from eight different countries, wow. including Mexico, Australia, Canada, America, Switzerland, the UK. I feel like I'm missing one. Oh, Ireland. Um, anyway, there's just a bunch wow. of different voices, and they helped bring these mm. songs to life. Mm, love that beautiful <laughs> song. So, and and it's international. I love. That. Yeah, yeah. We'll and isn't it funny? That's what the pandemic produced, right? Yeah. For all the bad things that happened during the pandemic, there were some silver linings in those clouds, yeah. right? That's yes, awesome. 100 percent. Yeah. So what's been challenging and what's been easier than you thought it would be? Uh, So many things were challenging in this Mm -hmm. process. Um, I don't have formal training uh, in composing or playwriting. Uh, Admittedly, I can barely play the piano. I mainly compose with my voice and it's very inefficient, but I I figure it out, do it backwards. Um, So what's been the most challenging has been like, figuring out how to write a musical while at the same time writing it. So doing things at the same time, um, trying to find a balance between making my art based on intuition while doing it, quote unquote, the right way. Because, you know, there is a lot of formal craft. You know, Trisha, it sounds like you studied music. There's a lot of music theory, music Mm -hmm. education that I don't want to devalue or minimize. Um, How to tell a story effectively, how to structure a script, how to structure a song. And I was kind of doing it blindly and intuitively, not really knowing the the vernacular to use, the terms to use. Um, but the internet is a wonderful place. Google mm-hmm. is my best friend. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, I think what's been hard is just like giving myself permission to try to be authentic and that it's okay to figure it out as I go. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to know 
all the all the chords, all the instruments, all the terms to use. I can I can still make art. So I can still call myself a musician, even though I'm not trained. And so I think related to that, what's been challenging is like, who am I and figuring out yeah. what's my identity around this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have a PhD in psychology and I used to place a lot of value on education and paying my dues. And now here I am in New York trying to call myself an artist and like, what business do I have doing that mm-hmm. when I don't have formal education? So it's also just um, trying to remind myself that it's okay. I'm not an imposter. Like I can still do this. We can all do the thing that we want to do and it's never too late. Um, so that's kind of like a long rambly answer to say there were a lot of challenges, but the biggest one is um, giving myself permission to, to try. Yeah. What was easier than you thought it would be though? <laughs> that I think getting the first draft actually on paper was mm. easiest for me. I know for a lot of people, people say it's like hard just putting the first words down on paper. Um, but it didn't feel like work for me. I felt like mm-hmm. this is going to sound super like woo wooey, And I, I hate to say this, but like, it felt like, like inspiration struck or like the muse visited me on my shoulder and I was the vessel or the tool by which to get these words and music out there in the wow. universe. Mm-hmm. It, I felt like I was in a two month, two months of mania, just like writing, mm-hmm. writing, writing, composing, composing, composing. And um, I mean, the first draft was, first draft is ages ago. It's been refined a lot since then, but um, that kind of just came out of nowhere. And so I think it's just an example of um, when we make time to listen, to pause, to reflect, to process, like magic can happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny as you're talking about your process and, and the things that were challenging, I was thinking to myself, isn't it wonderful that this is really a lesson in uh, just trusting and just moving forward? And and no matter what the outcome, you have to go forward because the outcome may be just way better than you even think, right? Or not even knowing <laughs> what the outcome's going to be, just going and blindly having blind faith to go, you know, do something that's making your heart full, right? I think that's just amazing. And I think it's a lesson for people who may be afraid to take a first step, and they may have had some kind of passion their whole lives, and they just haven't been able to take that step. And maybe they don't have to have a guarantee on the other side, as long as they're taking that step, they may find that it's so much better than they had, right? Oh, it's a lovely story. Thank you. Well, and I also like what's really hitting me is that, like you said, the magic part of that, right? It's like, you you did find within you that sort of worth to say i i'm going to do this even though i'm going to do it messy the first time yeah. i i don't have the formal training to do it you know all the reasons why you shouldn't but that was all you're telling us now from this place of i did it um and i know there's more that you want to accomplish but had you not started on that all these things would not be here. All these beautiful songs would not be here. And so it's like pushing through that, all the stories that may have kept you Mm -hmm. from doing anything. Your saboteurs, right? Yeah, you push through (laughs) it. And on the other side is this amazing musical. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's crazy to think that it wasn't there before and now it's here. I know. You know, it's just, it's so inspirational. It is for you and your, and for me too. But yeah. I'm thinking, gosh, for, for somebody else on this, on this call, it's probably way bigger than that, right? Oh my gosh. You probably are sitting there going, I can't believe I did this. It's wonderful. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's uh, so, so inspiring. Um, yeah, I love it. So what have you learned about yourself? We kind of talked about this already, but is there anything else you'd want to share there? What have you learned about yourself during this process? And what was an unexpected benefit, result, or outcome? Yeah, I would say what I learned about myself, again, is the importance of making time to pause and to listen to 
whatever the signs are out there in the universe that are maybe trying to guide you to a new path or a different mm-hmm. path. I think before COVID, I, you know, I had a full-time job. I had a very busy social life, very busy personal life. You know, I went to the gym, traveled. I filled my hours to the max with like an addiction to staying busy and convincing myself that I was a productive member of society. And I was, I don't want to minimize that. Um, but it took a pandemic for me to realize that there's more for me. There's maybe a different path that I could go. Um, and so I think it's so important to create intentional time to pause, to listen, to reflect process, and then to intentionally act, not react. I mean, Mm. I think about non-creative examples of where this has been really important in my life, like physical examples where I I wasn't sleeping well, I, I was stressed, I was on edge, and I've not been the most mindful person. I am a very reactive person. And when I started to pay attention to how I'm feeling physically and how it's impacting how I show up emotionally around my loved ones, um, then it can cause me to to shift and to pivot and to adjust my behavior mm. or to adjust my path or my my career in my case. Yeah. So I just think it's so important to, to pause and to listen and to reflect. And I don't think many of us have that luxury until retirement. Um, and it shouldn't be just intermittently on the weekends or on a vacation or when you retire. I think we should we can make time to do this regularly today. It sounds like it's just so important to do that regularly today. You know, it might it might shift to the way people live the rest of their lives, right? That's awesome. Thank you. Um, so what's next for treason? Uh, hopefully some exciting things. Um, so there are, <laughs> oh, man, musical theater can be such a slog. <laughs> the average musical takes 10 years from conception to Broadway. Really? And that's... That's if you're like born and bred in the New York theater scene, went to schools and undergrad studying musical theater and you have all the right connections. And so for me, if if that is my end goal, it will be probably be a longer journey. But there are um, a lot of musical theater festivals out there that I've submitted my show to and um, some pretty acclaimed ones. And it's finally a semi-finalist. I've applied before and got flat out rejected. And mm. this time I, I applied again to a couple of them and I'm a semi-finalist, which is awesome. That's great. So the next step would be to just see it on its feet. That's like a theater term I learned is see it on its feet, which basically means put it on stage somehow. Mm. And so um, it's had a few readings. Some songs have been featured in various cabarets, but it's never been fully performed. And so mm-hmm. the next step would hopefully be to just see it on stage. Maybe it's at a university. Maybe it's at a local theater. Maybe it's through one of these festivals. And um, and if not, then I'll I'll probably like start a Kickstarter and raise some money to try to self-produce it yeah. on my own. So as long as I am feeling passionate about this topic, which will be forever, <laughs> um, as long as I'm feeling inspired, then I'll I'll take it as far as I can. Mm. I love this. And I think the other thing it brings up for me too is that there's so many different ways to help make a better world. Mm-hmm. And yes. that this is one of them. Like you don't have to be, thank goodness we have them, but you don't have to be the PhD scientist who's <laughs> studying the how to bring the coral reefs back. Like I'm really glad yes. that there are people that are doing that. But there are ways that all of us with our own unique talents can contribute to making a better world. And so why somebody might think, well, what's a musical got to do with making a better world? Well, one is the educational piece. People are going to be inspired by the musical. But also just the pure beauty you were sharing, the emotional response that you had to that that, um, song. And just that is making a better world. Too. Yes. I am a, a firm believer that when we say we are doing what we do to make a better world, it has it has very little to do with one thing that's scientific. I mean, it is it is a part of it, but everything we've we've talked about over the last year and everything we're talking about today is making a better world and it, it makes a better world if it changes people's 
behaviors. Yeah. It's making a better world if it changes people's attitudes. It's making a better world if it changes the way we look at ourselves and how we interact with other people. I think that's a that's a huge, huge lift. Yeah. So yeah. So we've we've talked a little bit about this, but I just I wanted to just kind of bring it back a little bit is what you did took a lot of courage. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> shifting, you know, like you said, you were you were successful in as a consultant in OD, and you continue to do that still part time on the side. But a, it takes courage to step out, not only to shift your career, but I always think anytime that you are creative and you put that out in the world where other people see it, can praise it, but also they can critique it. And mm -hmm. so that takes courage as well. So where do you, where does your courage come from? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, thank you, because I don't see myself as being courageous mm -hmm. at all. <laughs> um, uh, like I said, it, these decisions have not been super intentional. Um, I, I think back to, okay, I think back to when I first got the letter in an email last spring saying I got into this program that brought me to New York. Like throughout the application process, I was kind of going through the motions. I like didn't really think I was going to get in. I kept telling myself, oh, they're they're just being nice. They just feel sorry for me or because I like mentioned that I knew somebody who was in the program before. I made all these like excuses, convincing myself that I wasn't like worthy of this program. And so when I got in, I actually mm. cried, not tears of joy, but tears of fear. Mm, yes. <laughs> I was like. Oh my goodness, I don't want to leave beautiful Switzerland where it's clean and safe and the public transit's always on time. <laughs> like <laughs> I was terrified and I almost said no to moving to New York because if I was going to move back to America, I, I thought I was going to be back to Washington State to yeah. Seattle, not not to the concrete jungle and um but it goes back to like listening to the signs in the universe and, and trusting the process and trusting the journey and and wondering what if too, because I do have FOMO and I mm. I don't want to have regrets. And I, I think I would have always thought if I said no to this program, if I declined the offer to join this really cool program, like would I have regrets? And the answer would have been yes. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just it's just weighing the feelings like side by side, like if I go, how will I feel? If I don't go, how will I feel? If I do this new, exciting, scary thing, how will I feel? If I don't, how, how will I feel? And so it's just trying to be thoughtful in the decision-making process, mm -hmm. um, asking yourself like, what if? And, and just trusting that these doors are opening, these windows are opening for a reason. And maybe that's a hint to say yes. Yeah. Anytime that you're putting yourself out there, you know, and doing something new, I love, like, we can trust that a little bit. Like, we know that it's a growth area and where we should be going when it makes our stomach a little bit, like, uh, uneasy, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, I had that experience, actually, just a couple weeks ago. So we've been plodding along with the podcast, right? And our, our listenership is growing at a very, you know like mm. clippity clop yep. you know <laughs> and yeah. about three weeks Tripping ago a little bit, a little bit. and welcome to all these new listeners three weeks ago something happened we don't know what it is but we now have three times as many listeners so something we don't know but it is out all of a sudden we have three times as many listeners it's, and we're loving it it's pretty crazy but of course we were like yay this is so exciting and at the very same time i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> now we have three <laughs> times as many people who are listening you know and it it's, and we're loving it <laughs> and we are loving it we're loving it but it does yay. make your stomach a little bit like oh wow you know like we got to be really good now <laughs> i know yeah it's like be careful what you wish for <laughs> yeah yeah it's exciting and scary all at the same time you know yeah. you said something though that made me think about um you were talking about 
how when you grab those opportunities, you know, or, or you weren't sure if you should grab those opportunities. And I'm just thinking, isn't it wonderful that you noticed them? Because yeah. I, I wonder sometimes how many people walk by that open window or that open yeah. door and they don't even recognize it until they're looking back on their life mm-hmm. and saying, you know, I have so many things I wanted to do and I just never, I never had the opportunity and they just didn't recognize them. And maybe they weren't ready to see the, hear the message or, or see that opportunity in front of them. But it sounds to me like you are grabbing for the opportunities as they're presenting themselves, which is awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> and being, being aware. Like you Good said, role that. model. Yeah, being aware. <laughs> Thank you. So what would you say or what kind of advice might you give to our listeners and others who want to make a change in some place in their life, maybe maybe not as bold as you did, um, but maybe a small pivot or a change in a habit, um, maybe create a new practice, something like that, um, just making a better world? How, what kind of advice might you give? Oh, man. Well, first I'll start with the the, the slogan of today for Vicki, the, the broken record is really just, again, making time to listen and carving out space to reflect. You might not really know what the changes are that you need to make until you make time to, to listen to your body, whether it's how you're feeling physically or emotionally. Um, you know, are, are you on edge? Are you stressed? Are you fully present when spending time with your loved ones? Are you distracted? Are you, are you happy with how you spend your time? Mm-hmm. And so I think by being mindful of how you're feeling can influence those personal changes in your life and can cause pivots and shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also realizing that like change does not happen overnight. Yeah. Um, it's cumulative. And I know this has been a theme with other guests on your podcast and, um, because I think we all we all realize this. It's the truth that we're all individuals um, in smaller communities, in cities, in states, in countries, um, part of the broader global community. And realizing that you know these changes won't happen overnight, and they won't happen by ourselves. Um, right. They will take you know the help of other people. They will take lots of baby steps along the way that can add up to cumulative change. Um, one thing that I always talk about with my friends and my family about how to just make change, maybe not personally, but for the betterment of the world is thinking about how we can influence like local politics, for example. Um, you know, change can start on a personal level. Like, sure, I can recycle more. I can travel less. I can give up beef. I can be a better steward of the environment personally. And that's great. And those changes count for something. But what's more impactful is influencing law and policy and paying attention to local politicians and leaders. You know, who are the leaders whose values align to mine, whose values align to yours, who's running for a city council, who's running for mayor, because these leaders locally will become the pipeline for Mm -hmm. leaders nationally. So I think that's another really practical way that we can influence change. Um, There's such a... (laughs) Unfortunately, a tangled web of connection between corporations and mm. and politics. And mm. I think one way to try to untangle that web is to elect leaders who are ethical and have character and, you know, who, who truly will contribute to making the world a better place. Yeah. Yeah. That key word is vote, right? Yeah. Vote yes, for it. Vote. <laughs> vote. Vote. Volunteer. Vote locally. Don't, don't wait till the national election. Yeah, exactly. like, vote locally. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. much more change happens at the local level. I I agree with that. I think that, you know, if we wait for change to happen at the at the, you know, federal government level, we're going to be disappointed. It's not that they're not making strides forward, but it takes a long time to make that kind of change. So, yeah. you know, at the local mm-hmm. level, it's a lot easier to see change happen in front of you. It's awesome. Pass your school levies and bonds, people. Every yeah. single time. Yeah. <laughs> our kids, they are our future. Yes. They need, yep. they need this. They need the help. Great advice. So kind of keeping on that role of advice, any special advice for leaders and their role in making a better world? Like what are, what are one or two practical steps or actions that they can yes. take to accomplish this? Good question. Um, 
Well, first of all, I don't think this advice is just for designated leaders uh, because yeah. I think we're all leaders in some capacity. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whether you have a CEO title on your business card or not, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you're a leader at a company with actual direct reports or you're a leader in your friend group or your home, it yeah. doesn't matter. I think we can all be role models to those around us. Um, that being said, I think practically what it comes down to is figuring out those small steps that we can take that add up to large scale change, you know, breaking down a vision or a broader deliverable or goal into small steps. Uh, I tend to over engineer all Mm. aspects of my life with project plans and spreadsheets and deadlines. Um, But for me, this helps me get stuff done. Mm -hmm. So I would say to, to, you know, leaders on paper or not, I think it's realizing that these changes might seem daunting, but if you parse them down to smaller micro steps, these changes are achievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think lastly, we got to practice what we preach because mm-hmm. people, people watch, people judge, people learn from you. Um, I notice now that I have more of an online presence with my eco musical. There are a lot more trolls out there who are like, who's Vicky? What is she doing writing a musical about environmentalism? Oh. Doesn't she tra- doesn't she travel a lot? Like what doesn't she eat meat? And I'm like, you know, uh. we're all we're all on our personal journeys. Like I focus on myself. I am doing my part and I can always do more. So I think it's um but these trolls are a good calibrator for myself to be like, huh, like should I should I give up meat? Should I travel less? Like it helps hold me accountable too. So I think just remembering to practice what I preach because people yeah. will pay yes. attention and, and we are role models. People should pay attention. It really starts with self, doesn't it? I mean, if you really want to see some kind of sustainable change, you have to start with yourself. Otherwise, you know, how committed are you? Really? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So if our listeners are excited, as excited about this project as we are, and we are, how can they support you? Uh, uh, I would love any support. Uh, Social media support would be great. Just following my journey, they can find me on Facebook or Instagram under the handle at G Victoria Campbell. Campbell is spelled like the soup, Campbell soup. (laughs) So G Victoria Campbell, they can follow my my primary musical, Treason Musical at www.treesonmusical.com. Treason also has a social media presence, so you can follow Treason Musical on Instagram or Facebook. And those are really the best ways to keep tabs on what's going on in the journey of the show. So we will put that on our show notes so that people have the actual addresses, and we'll be following you for sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. So... We have our hope questions that we ask all of our mm-hmm. guests now because we have this focus this year specifically on hope. But I was thinking before we transition to that, I wonder if you would want to sing something for us. And we're going to play the music at the end. <laughs> but is there anything just kind of live that you would want to sing? Um, I guess I could sing a line from one of the songs from my show that's performed by the character of mother earth. Oh, yeah. A song called take over. And in the moments in this story, mother earth is feeling pretty dejected and hopeless. And she's counting on each of us to carry forward her journey to heal heal her to heal the planet um and so i could maybe sing <laughs> hopefully i can remember the words that i wrote <laughs> i can sing a couple <laughs> sing a couple lines from the from the chorus maybe yeah that'd be great yeah okay uh should i just go now just go sure. yeah <laughs> okay i don't even know what key you're I'm you're our now. first um, uh singer our first musician yeah. uh on this show so uh, we're we're a little don't know the process, but we know that this is going to be special. But we're so excited. We're excited yes. to bring this to our listeners. Just think of us as an audience of the two of us and <laughs> all the people who are listening. Oh, my word. Okay, no pressure. Go, I'm going to have to pull up the, the lyrics now to see if I remember what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, uh, we'll just find the words to the ending chorus. So it's from a song called Takeover. Um, right now, someway, somehow, I need you to take over. Right now, my final bow, I need you to take over. Right now, someway, somehow, I need you to join forces. Right now, someway, somehow, I need to pass my torch on right now, right now, some way, somehow. Oh my gosh. Yay. That was wonderful. Uh, was thank beautiful. you for that really special was, treat. Yeah. It was really beautiful. Yeah. Oh, Love my that. gosh. Yeah. Uh, if I have to beg, borrow, and steal when this thing hits Broadway, I am there. Front row. I'll give you, I'll give you front row seats. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're going to hold you to it. Oh, my word. Uh, that was lovely. Yeah. All right. So where do you see signs of hope in the world today? I see signs of hope everywhere. I mean, when I just pay attention, like, I think the first real sign, which partially did inspire treason, was when COVID happened and we were all in global lockdown. Mm -hmm. And yes, it was a time of despair and doom and gloom, and we all didn't know what was going to happen. But I started to notice like little nuggets of positive news if I paid attention. So, for example, because we were all staying home in a united effort to not go out. Um, it actually ended up resulting in declining pollution right? Yeah. and wildlife reclaiming their territories. And it dawned on me like, oh my goodness, like there is hope if we actually join forces and we unite and put our heads together, like collectively we can actually accomplish great change. And so um, that was kind of the turning point in in my my formerly very pessimistic, on a good day, realistic self to be more optimistic and hopeful. But I see it every day. I mean, I see it with like activist movements at universities and high schools. Um, I I mean, I live in New York City, and the building that I live in didn't used to have compost, and I wasn't sure if it was eligible for composting. And I emailed the neighbors and the listserv sort of like, hey, like, can our building compost? Like, what's the deal? Is it eligible? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I was like, well, if if I applied for compost for our building, like, would y'all do it? And they're like, sure, sure. And I did. And now our building has compost. Mm. And like, whenever, whenever I go down there to take my organic waste out, the bin's like almost full. And I see like all <laughs> these awesome. like yeah. car carrot peels and like pumpkin seeds and whatever, lettuce bits. And it's just like, it's hopeful, like the small little signs yeah. of people playing their parts. It gives me hope. Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love that. And such a great example of what one person can do, right? For your whole building, now people are composting. It, it took one person to take a little bit of time to do the research, do the application, and then here you are. Yeah, love that. <laughs> and it's moves like that that, it, that are the things that are making a better world. So I think that's awesome. It's just, a, it's, that's my new word, awesome. I've been using it all day. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but it's great because other people are being able to benefit from that. And I'm sure that does a lot for your relationships in your community as well. So it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we know that hope is contagious, right? How do you sustain hope for yourself? And how do you engage or inspire others to be hopeful? Uh, well, for me, to sustain hope, uh, it really is a daily, m really multi-moments in a day mindfulness practice. Mm -hmm. um, as I mentioned earlier, I do tend to have more of a negative, like pessimistic outlook on life. I have a bad habit of seeing the flaws in situations, um, but those those flaws or those negative aspects of a situation can inspire action to change and to move. Mm -hmm. 
And so um, what I've done, though, to try to be more hopeful is I keep a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. Or I guess a gratitude spreadsheet. That's I'm more, more my jam. <laughs> I love I do. that. <laughs> do what and, works, right? <laughs> and and I, I try to remember to start my day with that. You know, two or three moments of gratitude. Um, I put the date in there. I put what I'm grateful for. I categorize whatever I do. I do searches in it later to see, oh, what are the themes? Um, pivot tables. So, yeah. Pivot I tables. So I think it's just like an intentionality and, and, and finding those moments of gratitude that make me hopeful. Like, yeah, last week or two weeks ago, whenever the compost got approved, I thought was in my, my gratitude journal. I was like, mm. I'm so thankful that my building has compost now. And it gives me hope for you know, a more environmentally friendly building. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> That's, great. That's so great. <laughs> uh, and I, I do really love the fact that do what works, right? We have so many people. In fact, we did an episode on journaling. Like, how do you start journaling? And you oh, know, you did. I should have listened to that. That could have helped me. It out. was a good one. <laughs> Maybe not though, because that's the whole point. It's like we can give a few ideas mm-hmm. to get people started, but it's listening to what works for you. And holy cow, you know, because the question often is, well, is it okay if I do it uh, on the computer, or do I have to actually physically write? And of course, there are some things around physically writing that they've shown that. Um, are helpful but if it works for you to do it on the computer and I love that's even a step further like if it works to do it on a (laughs) spreadsheet so that you can do pivot tables you know and that's what makes your heart sing do that powerpoint (laughs) spreadsheet you name it right the point is that you're actually (laughs) reflecting and taking time I love it (laughs) yeah I love it yeah (laughs) all right so we are getting to the end Mm -hmm. so um looking forward what are you really excited about What's next for you? Uh, what's next is I'm going to maximize my time while I'm in New York and continue to really absorb and engage in my program and meet people and, you know, be brave about introducing myself to strangers, mm-hmm. um, hustling, and just really continuing on this path that I feel like so many signs have pointed me toward. So, um yeah, what's next is I'm I'm going to try to get treason on stage. I'm starting another couple, a couple other new musicals that are earlier in development with a couple other badass female composers that right. I'm really thankful to be working with. Um, and all the stories are around like female empowerment and activism. Mm. So themes that resonate with me. Um, I'm writing some <laughs> interesting like Scandinavian trance house music with a Swedish oh. producer. <laughs> Interesting. So just like dabbling in all kinds of musical projects. Um, I I really love all genres. I don't discriminate. I just write what I like. <laughs> so I'm just excited to see where this goes. And I'm excited to be more flexible too, because when I was so planful and type A before, I was, I was very much constrained. And now I'm just like open. I'm like, we'll see where I'll be at in two years. Maybe it'll be Seattle. Maybe it'll be a different country. Like, who knows? It's going to be open to opportunity. That's so beautiful, though. Oh, I love that it's not so set in stone for you. And that's probably what's going to make you go just soar. You know, it really will. Yeah. And let keep in touch. We will keep in touch and really... um, when you're ready to talk about that next project, yeah. knowing that the treason will still be there because you were talking about how long of a process that is. So continuing to support that. But I love that women empowerment. That sounds really fun. So we'd be open <laughs> to having your um, your partner on that too. Mm-hmm. That yes. you guys can come oh, on together. That. Yeah, that would be super fun. So let us know. We're so excited for your continued journey and we're we're supporting you and we're really excited to be able to play this song for everyone. This will be our song for fading out today. We're going to say goodbye before we start playing it. Yeah, we've never picked a better song. Yeah. This is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So I have my Kleenex in hand. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, the last words go to you, Vicky. Um, what would you like to say? about this song and and just to close us out. Yeah, this is a song called Birth to Earth. It's the finale in my eco-musical Treason. Um, Imagine a group of people have come together at sunrise at the top of the cliffs 
overlooking the Pacific Ocean. It's a beautiful morning. These people have come together, spoiler, to scatter the ashes of a loved one, someone they've all grown to know and love. And in spite of their differences, they've united to participate in this sacred act. And more than that, they've united to join forces to play their part in making the planet, our home, a better place for all. It's a song about life and death, rebirth and hope. I love the warmth I feel from morning sun across my tired face. I love the tickle of the gentle breeze that barely leaves a trace. I love the dampness of the morning dew that coats the waking Is that you appear, reminding us you're near? You surround us all around us, you're here. Is that you, my dear, telling us you're near? You surround us all around us, you're here. And we all must return to dust.
to say yeah thank you thank you for being so generous today with your time and with your talents and your music thank you so much for having me it was my pleasure and i look forward to listening to more episodes of lifting leaders thank you